0: How are we doing? Good, good, good. If you have your Bibles, grab those. Matthew chapter uh, 6 is where we'll be this morning. Matthew chapter uh, 6. And so we're just going to go right into it, go at it this morning. Um, And so what we're going to be looking at, what we'll uh, see this morning as we're reading through the New Testament as a church. Um, and then the sermon will be around something that, that was read this week. And so this morning, man, what God has just uh, burdened me with uh, is this thought of prayer. And so we'll be looking at uh, a few lines from the greatest sermon ever preached, uh, the Sermon on the Mount there. Uh, and we're going to dig deeper into, uh, into prayer this morning. Um, I, just, I just believe within me um, that the local church, that the church, that this is an area we struggle in. Uh, this, this thought of, of prayer and approaching God's throne and um, uh, making making known petitions and just praise and uh, uh, going to Him and, and intimately walking uh, with Him through prayer is just a weakness in the church today. And we've got to uh, do a better job of being ever in the ear of our God uh, with, with praise, with with uh, just making known how great and, and awesome He is. And so uh, the, the reality is the reading this week, this could be pretty much in itself a, a six-month sermon. Uh, as we would walk through this 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 uh, or, uh, this or Sermon on the Mount and, and have a series on it, and uh, as you just look at what it means to be a believer, what it means to live out and to walk out. Uh, Just who Jesus is and what he proclaims. I mean, just just so much just mead and truth offered there in the words of Jesus. Something that seems to be uh, very simple, but yet very difficult uh, for his people to follow as our flesh wars against, wars against what what God teaches us and tells us uh, there in that sermon. And so for for the people of God, I believe that prayer uh, should always be the first thing we do. It should be one of the primary things that we do. It's one of the most important things that we can enter into uh, is is prayer. It must be the natural default of us as believers uh, to be on our face before God often and always, never ceasing as we're uh, invited into to, to just make the petitions of our heart to make known and to, to, to communicate with our God. So I'm going to ask you one more time before we jump into Matthew 6 here, if you would uh, join me as, as we pray and just ask God to just shape us and mold us all the more into the image of His Son. Father, we love you. Jesus, we, we, we thank you for the truth. Father God, that has already been proclaimed in this place this morning. Uh, Father, from the sweet time that we had this morning of setting aside and asking you to do Uh, a work that only you can accomplish in the life of a family and a little boy. God, that as he grows, Father, his heart would be opened and and that he would be rescued and saved, made alive in you. Father, just such a sweet reminder of what you've done for us. Uh, Father, just such a a, a great challenge for us as the church to take serious this opportunity to walk with and to love. Uh, Father, as we've gathered and we've lifted up praise you father as we've we've been reminded of your scriptures as we've sung those back to you father that you are worthy lord as we see here shortly god that that you are worthy that you are you are all the glory and honor belongs to you every every ounce of it nothing is due us but only you so father as we read through your word holy spirit grip our heart Oh God, that you would convict us, that you would draw us, God, that you would give us a red hot passion to be marked as men and women of prayer. To to be serious about being before the throne of God. Making these petitions known. The cry of our heart. May it be for your glory, for your honor, for your great name at all costs. God, shape us and mold us. Light that fire in us. And we pray, Amen. Amen. Uh, so Matthew six, just just a few things as we kind of walk through these these next few verses, uh, and we look at this model prayer. Uh, before Jesus jumps into that, we're going to kind of get a little bit better perspective of what's taking place here. He's uh, he, the, the Sermon on the Mount, and he's teaching, he's preaching, he's uh, uh, sharing these things with his disciples, with that crowd that had gathered. And here in Matthew six five, it says this: um, it says, "And when you pray." When you pray, it's not if you pray or if you feel like praying, but it's almost this thought of uh, there should really never be a moment when we as believers aren't praying. And the thing about prayer is this prayer is never about a show, but it's about a a connection and an intimacy with God. It's it's about a relationship with our Heavenly Father. That's what prayer is. Prayer isn't even about me getting stuff. Prayer is about me walking relationally with, with the God of the universe, and so it's never about a show. And then that's what we're going to see here. When you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. It's not about a show. What do we know about hypocrites? Hypocrites here uh, in the original language is a drama term. It's a theatrical term. It brings with it this picture of, if you've ever been to a play, someone putting on a mask and kind of parading around and pretending to be something that they're not. That's the whole part of a drama, right? Of a play, of, of, of theater. I don't know why it just comes out like that. Uh, but, but they put on a mask and they pretend to be something they're not. They pretend to portray something that's not them. And so uh, Jesus says, when you pray, don't, don't be like that. It, it's not a show. It's not about uh, pretending to be something you're not. It's, it's, it, don't do it like that. For they, verse 5 as he continues, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the street. He's going to tell why, give the heart and the motive why, that they may be seen by men. So the motivation of these people is to be seen and recognized by others. Why? So that they'll be impressed by. That they'll be impressed by how holy and awesome they are. And Jesus says, that's not the heart of prayer. That's not the way. That's not how. And the sad reality is too many in church, that's the place we live, isn't it? look at what i can do look at how holy i am look at how righteous i am look at how great i am i need the recognition i need the glory we are glory hogs are we not i mean in, in our culture in our world is just uh, just beefing us up with it they're just feeding it to us more and more and more like you deserve you should have you're awesome you're great and, and the reality is we're not and that's good news because if we believe for a moment that we were uh, man, would it not be just demolish us? Because we can't even get it together, can we? Um, we we don't have it all together. We we can't we can't fix things. We can't uh, make things work out the way that we would hope. All that we we just we we're, we're train wrecks. But culture just keeps telling us how awesome and how great we are, and we deserve glory. We deserve recognition. We deserve we should have. And what Jesus says is is, is no. It's the humble heart. That's the motive. Not like the hypocrite. Not look at me, look at what I can do, be impressed by me. And he goes on and he says this, to close out verse 5. He says, assuredly I say to you, they have their reward. Kind of cuts, doesn't it? <laughs> They've got coming to them what, what, they, what they deserve. And later in Matthew, Jesus is going to talk about that hypocrite's reward, right? Which, which is not, not a good thing. This is not a good reward that they're going to get, so Jesus says, don't be like the hypocrite when you pray. Don't make a spectacle. Don't make it all about you. Don't, make it, uh, don't be uh, loud and boisterous with it. See, Jesus is teaching that prayer must never be motivated by a desire to be admired by other people. That's not the motivation. The motivation is intimacy and connection with God. It's walking with God, that's what prayer is. It's, it's in His ear, relationally connected to the God of the universe. And so Jesus is going to contrast that. Verse 6, He says, But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to the Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And so as we read this, as we look at this, this whole thought of, of go in your room, shut your door, it requires some movement. It requires some effort on our part. It requires some doing from us. We've got to be intentional about it. I mean, it's so loud everywhere in today's world, is it not? I mean, it's so loud everywhere. Uh, uh, we have access to everything. We have uh, uh, the camera on us. We have the attention on us. And, and, and what Jesus is saying is, is we need to get away from it. Just connect with you and your Father. Get away from. Go to that private place. where you can connect with God. And in our world today, that takes some effort, does it not? Th- that takes some energy and work on our part. But, but what Jesus is saying here is that that's good. We need to do that. And, and the thing I love about Christ is, is he doesn't just tell us to do something that he doesn't model and show for us himself. Because what do we see as we read through the Gospels? every opportunity that Jesus gets to slip away and just have those intimate moments with the Father, to get away from the craziness of life, the craziness of ministry, the craziness of healing, the craziness of, of being needed and wanted, the, the craziness of just, of just life. And, and Jesus just tucks away why so he can have those moments of, of refreshing, those moments of uh, replenishment with the Father. That's where his source is. That, that's what prayer is. Prayer for us is everything that we need. In God. And so he slips away. Jesus models that. He shows us that. He slips away, and he gets alone with the Father, and he gets replenished, and he walks intimately, and he's in tune with, and he, and he knows what God would have him to do. Why? Because he's done the work, and he's spent the time with his Father. And church, that's what we're to be doing. We need to be in that place. We need to make sure that there are times in our life of prayer in the secret place, now, and I'm all for like the drive-by praying. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you, you in the row, you in the car, you are doing your thing. God kind of presses on your heart to to pray, and so you turn it down, and you just you drive by praying for whoever you go by. Like God bless that car. God bless that. Oh yeah. Oh my neighbor over there. God get them. Do that. Yes. Yes. But there needs to be those times where we slip away, we connect with God, we walk with Him in that fashion, in that way. And so as I was reading and looking here in verse 6, there's something unique to this verse. Uh, the English language is kind of just, a, just a, a weird language, but when you start to look at the original language of the Scriptures, here, here in the Greek, you're going to see this word you over and over and over throughout these verses, but more particular here in, in verse 6, but you, when you pray, your room, when you have shut your door, pray your Father who's... You see this you here, and, and, and this you here in the original language um, is Singular. It, it, it's you. And in all the other verses around this, before this, after this, what you're going to see is the you is, is, is yours. It's, 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 in the, it's in the plural. So it's kind of like, like like the southern y'all. Y'all know what I mean? Y'all. Gosh, that's, that's, that's what you see here. But the rest of the pronouns in 5 through 15, are they're plural. And I believe that Jesus does this to warn us not to drift far away from our need for personal, private time with Him through prayer. For personal, private time through prayer with Him. And so verse 7, reads read like this, and when y'all pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they... So, so it's plural from this point out. He's going to go back to the crowd. He's going uh, uh, to be talking to everybody, but it's almost as if Jesus, the, the intentionality of here, Him here is this, But but when you... you all alone, just you yourself, like, like just, just the intentionality of that. When you pray, you, you alone, your room by yourself with God. I just love that. I love the heart of God in that and the intentionality of Him. Verse 7 he goes on, he says this He says, And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. So in that day, they, they would be guilty of just making uh, mindless repetition, just noises and a constant just, just murmur over and over and over and over. And these, these verses warn against that. It's not the intense and fully engaged pleading with God about something in different ways that, 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 that Jesus says that we shouldn't do. I, I think we need to do that. I think we should do that. We should, we, we should, we should plead with him over and over and over. If you've got someone uh, that you don't know that, that's lost... I mean, right now, me in the ear of God is is for, for my two youngest. God God saved my oldest boy a few years back, um, and I've got my two youngest boys right now. And so, so I completely relate with, with that. And when we do when we do baby dedication, as we've got a, another one coming up in in November, like like we're serious about that. Want to be. In the ear of God, over and over and over, God, God save them, rescue them. Like right now, the greatest cry in my life for my kids is that God would rescue them, that God would make them of, of their great need for Him as, as Lord and Savior. That's not what Jesus is saying here. It's that, it's that aimless babble, repetition. There's no heart or thought behind it. And so what this verse teaches us is to not let idle, careless talk come out of our mouths when we're praying. And in doing so, think that the endless repetitions will somehow constrain God to to give and to answer how we think that He should, how we think He should do it. That's what Jesus is saying. That's what Jesus is teaching here, that we need to be engaged and in fully when we're praying. That we need to be aware of what we're asking, what we're talking to him about. What we're sharing with him. That we need to to be fully engaged. I'm married uh, 15 years now, and and there are times like Meredith and I talk, and I don't remember that Meredith and I talked. And all the men are like, oh, dang, dude, don't go down that road. (laughs) But guys, you know I'm talking, yeah, amen, yeah, you know, you know. The, the hyped-up guy on Mountain Dew reading an old book. I mean, that Mountain Dew will get him. But, but there are times like, 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 we, like we have full-on conversations and I respond. Real answers and sentences only to be reminded that I responded that way. I'm like, Boo, are you sure? I would have never said that. Just got you dead. Honest? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And so as I read this, as I think about this, as I see this, I mean, our prayers shouldn't be like that. We should be fully engaged and aware and in. Aware and in. As, as we commune with God, as we talk with God, as we praise God, as we, as we whether it be petitions or... Yes. I mean, our heart should be fully engaged. Fully engaged. That's what Jesus is talking about. And he goes on in verse 8, and, and this is what he says. He says, therefore, do not be like them. This is a command. Don't do it. Whatever. You, don't, don't do it like that. Don't be like them. Who, who, the, the hypocrite, don't, don't be like them. Why, for your Father knows the things you have need before you even ask Him. And, and this isn't one of those things, okay, well, well if he knows and I don't need to know, we're commanded to pray. We're invited. In. Think about that for a second. There are people in this world that we don't have access to. I don't know how much money you have in your account. I don't know how great you think you are, but there are people in the world that, that little old me rolls up to their house. I get tased and put in the car and hauled off to jail. You too. There are people that we just can't get to. And, and the thing that I love about God is that, is that He invites us in. He wants us to come in. He wants us to commune with Him. He wants us to talk with Him, to have fellowship with Him. He, he knows what we need before we even ask it. And so this is not a, well, see, I really don't need to ask because He knows. And He'll just, no, He wants us. He invites us and He desires to have communication with us and to talk to us and to hear from us and from us to hear from Him. So it's not a because He knows your need, you don't go to Him. That's not it. Think, think about it this way. Why would you not go to Him? Because He knows your need. Why would you not? He knows what you He knows it. Why, I mean, if, if, if there were times in my life, if I knew that people knew what I needed and they would do that, why would I be all the more willing to go, willing to seek, willing to ask, willing to, to talk about it and talk through because he knows that you have need before you even ask them. We go to him. See, see, the point here is this, is that Jesus knows our need. And what that means is that we shouldn't be anxious about it. I mean, I mean do we not live in a day and time that is the most anxious and on edge than ever before? I, I, I mean, we, we live in a day and a time where people are just, they're walking time bombs. I, 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 mean, I mean, you you. You don't have to look at somebody. You can just think something. Did you, what did you just think? No, no, no. You look at me when I'm talking to you. You thought I knew you thought it because I saw you over there thinking it. Only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus can read our thoughts. You see that in the scriptures over and over and over. Like like you got the Pharisees over there doing their thing, and Jesus responds to their thoughts. I mean that's crazy. Like if I'm living in that day, I'm just thinking like, uh, the camels play soccer, camels play soccer, camel play I mean, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm not thinking around the man. I mean, if he's responding to your thoughts, but, but, but do we not live in a day and time like that? I mean, everybody's just on edge with the most anxious we've ever been. The most anxious we've ever been. It's crazy as this day is and Jesus is aware and we can rest in the reality that Christ knows and that he cares. And what does the scriptures teach? That he gives good gifts to his kids. That he knows he's going to take care of us and our needs. There's a huge, huge difference between needs and wants, and he is going to take care of us with those needs. See, this verse implies that he's the kind of father who loves to meet the needs of his children loves to meet the needs of His children. He's aware. He's always aware. And He loves the relational connection that comes from crying out to Him. That shows the heart of our God, that He is for us, that He loves us. That's, what, that's what's the great news about the gospel. That's what's so uh, amazing about the cross is that He's for us, that He cares. Why would we not take our needs to Him? Why would, we, why would we not fellowship with Him and, and talk and cry out? Because He knows and He cares. So, so when Jesus here in this next verse teaches us to begin our prayers with our Father, He's doing so that we will remember that we belong to a family that has that kind of Father, that we'll be reminded of. He reminds us that we're cared for by the Father who knows all of our needs, and He loves to meet them. That's what He's trying to show. That's what He's trying to uh, uh, hammer out and let the people know. And so the prayer, the model prayer here is a model it's not a ritualistic way of doing it. And, and as we read through it here in a minute, I want you to notice how concise it is. Man, it, man, it's right to the point how concise, how simplistic, how complete this prayer is. You would look at it, and you would, you've probably read through it many a times. You've probably recited it many a times and, and have never really given much thought about how, how, how simplistic and concise, but yet deep all at the same time it is. And so this prayer here has two parts. You've got the first part, verses 9 and 10, and then then it has another uh, three petitions in the second part, verses 11 through 13. And so what we're going to do is we're going to break it down and look at it. The first uh, three petitions are geared toward God's greatness. The first three petitions that are made known as, as, as their uh, the model prayers given is, is toward God's greatness. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so the first three petitions calls our attention to God's greatness. To his grandeur the model prayer is this verse 9 it says pray then our father the deep intimacy that's there uh, that, that he is our father He is our heavenly father he's adopted us in he's made us part of the family our father in heaven hallowed be your name so the cry of the heart of the one praying is for the holiness of god to be made known for the holiness of God to be made known. His holiness, it's who God is, his nature, his character, and it's connected to his name. It's who he is. It just just oozes from him because he is holy, he is righteous. May your great and holy name be honored and treasured above all things everywhere in this world. You are the greatest. You are holy, you are different, you are set apart. You, you were like nothing that we have ever known or experienced. And so church, I want to draw our attention to this morning who we pray to. I, I, I want to make us ever more aware of the one who has invited us in, who has given us access to, to come before his throne and make our petitions and prayers known. I can remember years ago, there was this shirt that came out that kind of gained some popularity it, and it. And, and it said this, it says, Jesus is my homeboy. And, and and I remember looking at that shirt, and I remember thinking, they're clueless. Jesus is not your homeboy. He he's not just a, a buddy that you go do whatever with and live however. And just uh, that, that's 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 a horrific, horrific thing, horrific thought. I, I mean, I, I when I saw it and began to think about it, I mean, uh, it's awful portrayal of who who Jesus is. Yeah, he's a friend. Absolutely, he calls us friends for those of us that are found in him, who have been born again, made alive in in uh, uh, what he's accomplished and done on the cross. Relationally, when we enter into relationship, but yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we become friends. But he's not just not some homeboy that I can just joke around with, that I can just do whatever with. I Man, when I pray, I enter into even deeper relationship with the God of the universe. I mean, think about the creation narrative. He speaks and it happens. He, he just says something and boom, there it is. I, I mean, how, how ferocious our God is. That's how, how, the splendor of our God, the greatness of our God. Uh, there is nothing in all the world that has ever been known or seen or experienced like him. Nothing. I, I mean, the fear that comes upon man whenever they come face to face with God or anything that's a resemblance of our God. He's not just some dude that you joke around with. No, 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 no. He is holy. And the sad part is, in the church, we've forgotten that. We've forgotten who's invited us in to make our petition known. I feel like that if we really felt the weight and understood the reality of that, man, the praying we would do. And I'm talking about more so than just when granny gets sick. I'm talking about more so than just when something kind of goes a little crazy in our world. I'm talking about the constant ever in the ear of our God. Ever in the ear of our God. The second part, so our Father in heaven, hallowed be, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. It's the thought of your glorious, sovereign, kingly rule. May that happen without any hindrance everywhere in the world. May, may, may you rule, may you reign. He goes on and says, On earth as it is in heaven, may your wise, good, holy, just will be done all over this world the way it is perfectly done in heaven. The way that it is perfectly done in heaven. And so I just always want to point us back to the reality that this is not how it's supposed to be. Even on the best day here, it falls woefully short of glory there. Woefully short as believers, we have a call and the privilege of living out the kingdom, not, not, just, not just there in that day, but here now. See, church, we can model and show this world what the kingdom is like, what the kingdom is about, what eternity will be like, the way that we love, the way that we care for, for the joy that's within us as a result of relationship with Jesus, peace that we have that surpasses all understanding all knowledge i mean we get we get to bring heaven to earth we get to live that out we we are the temple of the holy spirit he resides in us and so it's here man we get we've got the privilege and honor to live it out and to be holiness is the cry of our heart is the is the actions of our life I mean, we can bring joy. We can bring peace, kindness. Man, the way that we give, the way that we share, the way that we love and care for, we get to live that out and bring that with us. And there's nothing that can stop us. Nothing that can stop us or slow us. And so when we pray, we join into glorious things. Think about that for a moment. Think about who we approach, who we get to be in the presence of, that what we pray gets to bear the weight of eternity in this world. The way that we live out gets to bear the weight of eternity. God desires for this to happen. He wants our lives to be consumed with a passion for His name, His glory, His kingdom. See, the beginning of this prayer is about God and His greatness. And is that not a great place to start when we pray? Is that not a great formula to have in our heart as we pray? Not just a list of to-dos for us. right, God, see you later. I'll be back next week. But no man, recognizing and understanding who God is. His holiness, His name, His glory. Always being conscious and aware of His greatness, which brings us to the second petition that's geared toward man's need. The glory and splendor and greatness of our God. And then to, to, to man's need, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So verse 11, he says, give, give us this day. What day? Here now. Help me be present and aware and in the middle of this day here and now. Give us this day our daily bread. It's just a prayer of provision. Provide, God. Please provide. I'm I'm asking uh, uh, for, for the, I'm not asking for the abundance of riches. I'm just asking for bread and enough just to, just to live for today. Just to make it today. Give me enough to sustain me today, to get me today would you give me what i need for a, a life that can be focused on you for today in the here and the now and then he goes on in verse 12 and he says and forgive us our debts debts is just uh, sin our transgression forgive us our sin man that needs to be the prayer of our heart that that needs to be the prayer and desire of our heart man our sin is much is it not our sin is much. And I'm afraid that we have, we have forgotten that, that we have uh, lost the weight of that. But for us as believers, there has, better, there has better be an awareness and sensitivity to sin. An awareness and a sensitivity of sin. And so, so I don't know about you, but, but that's the struggle of my life. Selfishness, my wants, my desires, what I think that I need, over what anybody else may need. Uh, the the way that I'm obedient. We've talked about obedience in this place this morning already. And is that not difficult? Is somebody going to tell me what to do? Is is somebody going to say something to me like that? Uh, This thought of I know what's best for me and I know uh, just just the rebellion. And so I think sometimes it's, it's good to kind of kind of interact, and, and, to, and to kind of fill out the room for a moment. So I just, so I just, I just want to take a poll real quick. Who, who in this room has sinned this past week? And I'm not doing this to try to, like, lead you and guide you. Into, uh, like, this, this dude's raising his hand because he has. Yeah, no, leave him up for a second. This, this is good for us. Good? Yeah. Look around. No, no, everybody. I want you to look at this. Like you, so you're sitting next to a sinner. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody just, like, fist bumped back there. They're like, yeah. Wait, no, it's not like that kind of a thing. Like, like oh, we don't want to take it that far. You do? Don't ask your neighbor what they did. It's between them and those. hopefully conviction gets them. But um, yeah, absolutely. We, we, we all struggle and fumble along from time to time, don't we? We all need to be reminded of this great forgiveness that's offered to us. We need to be reminded of how heavy and weighty sin is. What, what, it, what it really has. Done is sent Jesus to the cross to die for us. No matter how how small we may think it is, or how big we may think it is, there has got to be a sensitivity to our sin. Got to be. I was talking with a friend this this, this week, and as we're talking, we're kind of like just just uh, reminiscing. This is this is one of those guys that's in my life that, that speaks into my life, and um, I've known for the last fifteen years of, of being here in South Carolina, and. We're just talking a little bit and just kind of sharing what God's got on my heart for this week and we're we're looking at some stuff and through Scripture and things like that, and, um, and, and we're talking, and we're just, we're, our mind's just kind of blown a little bit because we begin to uh, think about like 15 years ago when we first met, and kind of living life, and, and, and doing life together, and as, as believers, and um, uh, this thought of sin came up, and we talked about just, just how, how wretched sin truly is, and, 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 and what it does, and how it ravishes, and then we begin to just think of like our current situation in our current world. Like, like, I can remember whenever I first first graduated college and moved, and, and if you just look at the pattern of the world, it just continues to get darker and darker, and, and so we're just talking about how, like, when I first got here, I think it was just LGB. That, that was it. And, and fast forward 15 years later, now we've got LGBTQ, and there's, like, all these other, like, other letters and numbers and stuff that goes with that, and just, just how far, I mean, you think, like, how, how much further can it go? And, and, and it's like, you, you leave man to their own devices, and then... They just make crazy, ridiculous, rebellious stuff up that goes against the heart and nature and character of God. And and as I was looking at this and as I was thinking about this, forgive us forgive us of our sin. God, forgive me of my sin. I'm I'm rebellious and I need this. I need to be reminded of this daily because if I'm left alone to my own, I'll be one adding the letters to that. I'll be one inventing and making things up. I'll be the one that, that, that will continue to just run and, and let sin just ravish. And, and my prayer for me, my prayer for us as a church is that we'll always be sensitive to sin, that, that it will just feel awful in our life, that God would be so gracious and so good as to convict us hard and heavy for the smallest of things. For the smallest of, and, and, and that's the thing, like, you gotta understand, like, in in God's system, there's not like small sin and then big, heavy, weighty sin and like, ooh, nasty, don't touch sin. And, uh, like, sin, and sin kills Jesus on the cross. So your little white lie this week compared to the whatever down the street that did whatever last night kills Jesus at the end of the day because it's sinful and wicked. And it's saying, I know better than you. I know what's needed in my life better than you do. I know what brings me joy and glory better than what you ever would. It's rebellion is what it is in my prayer for us as a people, is that God would always make us sensitive, always make us aware and draw us into repentance. So forgive us our debts. And then look, look, at, look at this. Look at how dangerous this prayer goes real fast. As we forgive our debtors. Who's ever prayed this prayer? Huh. Like, like, Do you realize and understand what you're praying, what you're asking God to do? God, forgive us our sin as we forgive those who sin against us. That takes it to a different level, does it not? Have you, have you ever thought about that before? Whether you haphazardly or you really, really prayed it. I mean, you, you're, you're talking to God about this. See, our heart must be this, that there is, there is no desire to hold any grudge. I know I don't deserve forgiveness, and so I have no right to withhold that from anyone else. No right. Have mercy upon me, forgive me, and let me extend that same mercy and grace to the one that has wronged me. Because if you live long enough, that's going to happen a lot. A lot. So he goes on in verse 13, he says, And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Father, I don't want to sin. Please don't lead me into the entanglements of this overpowering temptation. That's the cry there. Deliver me, help me, guard me from Satan in all of his ways. And he goes on and he finishes. It says, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. God, you are supreme. God, you are great. You are all-knowing. You are all-powerful. All glory, all honor belongs to you and you alone. Everything that we'll ever need, you have, you are. You have and you are. So as the band comes back up to lead us, church, sooner or later, life is going to wear on us, us with pressures and problems. It's going it's to beat us up. It's going to wear us out, whether that's physical problems. God, give us our daily bread. Whether that's relational and mental problems. Forgive us our debts. Help us forgive others. Or whether that's moral problems. Don't lead us into temptation. It's coming for us. If we belong to Jesus, it's it's coming to us. And and so my hope and my heart this morning is this, and I so desperately want us to get this, we have a father. We have a father. I don't know what it was like for you on the playground as a kid growing up, but I can remember out on the playground with other boys and being like, well, let me tell you what my dad can do. Let, let, Let me tell you what my dad's able to do. Like, I've already seen it in my middle, my middle guy. Like, like this, past, this past week at our after school, they have, like, like a prayer request time. And, and this story has just went, like, crazy for my six-year-old. His imagination, like, pray for me, his imagination is just, like, nuts. So he's in there, and he gives the prayer request. And, and the prayer request, they're like, what? Somebody tried to break into your house and kill y'all? Yeah. There was a time some guy was wandering through the neighborhood, and he thought he was at the right house, and he wanders into our back gate, up to the steps, looks, turns around and leaves. And my six-year-old, not six at the time, probably more like three or four, he saw that. And then he comes around to the front, and he he rings the doorbell and knocks on the doorbell and starts to ask questions. And for some reason, in his head, this dude tried to get in with a knife once. That's where the prayer request goes. And he's like, and Dad told Mom and, and Brother to get in the closet and lock the door and don't come out. And dad chased, dad beat him. Like that was the prayer request this this week from him. And and I'm happy he sees me in that light. But like like if 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 dude pulls, I mean I don't know how big the knife was in the story. I mean I'm I'm like I'm thinking sword here. You know like I'm if I'm gonna be the hero, like let's make this thing good. But the reality is that's that's who we have we have a father who can beat the dude with the sword. We have a father that no matter what we're going through, no matter what's happening in our life, no matter what's taking place, no matter, he is aware and he knows and his desire is to give gifts to his kids. What we need, and maybe sometimes in that moment, we, we, need, to be, we need to go through that. But, but the promise that we have from him is like a good father, he's going to walk with us through it. He's not just going to dump us out there in it and say, "Hey, figure it out." And then you—no, no, no. I'm going to be right there with you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to care. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to show you. I'm going to, man. I care for you so much. And you, Scott, you need to get this in this moment. It's going to hurt. It's going to sting. You're going to get beat up and bruised a little bit. But but just know, I'm going to be there to put that salve on you and to walk with you and to show you, man. Church, if we would get that, we've got a father. And he is a thousand times better as a father than, than the best human father. I don't know how good daddy is at home or how bad daddy is at home, man, but God is infinitely degree better. And we're crazy for not being in his ear all the time, crying out to him all the time because his fatherhood means that he cares about every ounce, everything about us. And he beckons us to come and to talk and to fellowship with him in prayer, to comfort him for help, to come to him uh, uh, for comfort. Prayer is a beautiful thing. We've got to fight with everything in us, not to lose the heart and the vigor of it. The sole purpose of prayer is not to bring a list of needs and wants. For the Father, but just to be in the presence of the Father, connected to the Father. The heart and the vigor of prayer as we saw this morning is holy as His name. God, extend your kingdom. Man, push the darkness back. See, your will be done on earth. God, may may, may your will, your power rule, rule supreme. So what prayer is, is this. God's children entering relationally with the Heavenly Father to honor, value, And treasure him above all things. Don't be like the hypocrite. Don't be like the hypocrite who just says with his mouth one thing while his heart longs and lives out another and has no meaning and awareness in that moment with the Father. So I don't know what God spoke to your heart this morning. I don't know what maybe He convicted you of. I don't know what He's doing or stirring in you, but I want to encourage you this morning. He hears, He's aware, and He wants you to come talk, He wants you to come pour it out. And if you sit in this place this morning and you don't know him as father, you've never surrendered your life, you've never put your faith and trust in him, man, what a day. What a day to enter into a relationship with the father. What a day to be able to enter into and have conversation with and pour out your heart. And for him to be for you all that you need. So I don't know where you're at, I don't know what God's stirring this altar is open if you want to come pray if you want to sit there and pray if you want to uh, just worship in the moment if you want to reflect on whatever God leads you in in this moment you be obedient to you follow out listen to him but I would push you to connect with him this morning through prayer Father we love you we need you Jesus I do help us walk out and be all that you've called us to be Father thank you for giving us access all the time everywhere any day to be able to cry out to you, to be able to thank you, to be able to praise you. Thank you for the reminder of who you are. Help us to always be in your ear with with a grateful heart. Father, work in this place this morning, I beg you, your name we pray. Amen.